0: better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. Welcome to Footwork.
1: All right, Hossein
0: Alahi, welcome to Footwork. Hi, guys. Thank you very much for having me on.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Um, So first, we have have our make our own path question. So that's really our motto here. Mm -hmm. It's essentially, I I mean, I'm sure you kind of know, it's just meaning to follow your dreams, you're not held by the normal roots that society places on us and that's you know true. these things that do not fulfill you, whether mm-hmm. it be a nine to five job or anything really. So what does making your own path mean to you?
0: Yeah, for me, uh, very good question, first of all. But for me, it's about identifying um, yeah, what your objective is. I think that's the most important thing. I think we're in a society now that we're kind of pushed in a certain direction based on uh, other individuals or. Mm-hmm predetermined uh, expectation. Mm-hmm. So I think it's firstly uh, identifying your objectives. And then secondly, despite uh, despite demographic reasons or despite cultural reasons or despite whatever, finding a way that you can, yeah, create your own path. And then mm-hmm. no matter what, not backing down to, to that objective, despite if you've got to take a, a path left or a path right, but doing whatever you have to do to, to reach that objective that you want to reach. reach. That's what I would say. Love that.
2: Why do you think it's so difficult for people to kind of find their objective? I know a lot of people who say like, you know, you're lucky that you know what your dream is. Why do you think it's so difficult for people to kind of find their way in this?
0: For me, it's about, I think the problem really ties down to like uh, financial reasons. Um, And now I can't speak too much about individuals from maybe a a society or, or a nation where, you know, it's, it's survival. So money becomes like a top, top, top kind of essential, but you know, for people in Western nations and things like that, where we have, you know, more resources, fortunately, I think it's just like a, it's yeah. Financial, like social status, you know, and Mm -hmm. you kind of reach a stage where, I mean, the education system is initially pushing you towards the nine to five. It's, you know, it's like there's a, there's a structure, there's a box and, Mm There's doctors got to go there and engineers got to go there and this has to go there for the whole kind of thing so it's like a clock you know for the whole Mm -hmm. clock to function you have to pop in all these little pieces and i think that's kind of what the education system tries to do um i can't speak about the whole world but from what i've seen in a few few nations um growing up and yeah i just think it's it's external pressure um Mm -hmm. and i don't think we have the right resources yet to allow people to identify early on hey i love this or i love that because the education system is based around based around history and math and, and certain things which i'm not saying are bad but we could implement you know different things early on to kind of have an individual identify what they love and what they want to do later on
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I would love. I would love to vote for you for yeah, director no, of for, education or something like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, something like this.
3: <laughs> Sorry, I got ahead of myself. That's crazy. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, great. No, we're
2: off to we're off
1: to a yeah, great start. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. now before we continue, though, you know you are a well-traveled man. Can you yeah. give the listeners a bit of, a bit of a background on you? Where you're from? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and a bit of the foundation of, of where you come from.
0: Absolutely. So I'm Iranian originally, um, but raised in Australia. So I was raised in Newcastle, which is a small city outside of Sydney um in australia and then uh, yeah my my uh my mom's from tehran so that's uh, near the capital of iran and then raised in australia i spent some time in uh, in canada as a kid which is all pre pre-professional uh, football i was in S- saskatoon in saskatchewan like mm. central canada mm. and it gets like minus 40 minus 50 degrees celsius maybe, it sounds yeah.
2: just from the name it sounds yeah, like yeah you know?
0: cold yeah um yeah and then uh and then yeah and then basically that led up to the united states and spent some time there pre-professional contract but that's kind of where um i reached the kind of professional football stage so Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm.
2: so i mean growing up in australia but having cultural roots elsewhere was this a difficulty for you and your family
0: um you know, I don't like to victimize myself per se, but I, I wouldn't say that we didn't deal with racism or always kind of, uh, not always, but sometimes having the, 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 you're being on the like backhand kind mm-hmm. of thing, so you're always kind of behind. Um, but with that being said, I come from a family that came from nothing to... Uh, yeah, to something. My father is a very successful scientist. Um, and my mother is also successful in her right. But, you know, so those kind of limitations weren't necessarily something we acknowledged. It was just immigrants have to work harder because these countries have given us an opportunity, uh, yeah, a different opportunity, given us different resources, better resources. So we respect the nation we're in. And we work hard and, yeah, we attempt to give back to the nation because at the end of the day, everything we achieve goes to that nation. So everything my father, for example, does is listed under the nation he achieved it. in. so, yeah, there was difficulty, um, but also with every difficulty, there's opportunity. So I just focus on all that we were given rather than maybe the hurdles that were in the way. Yeah, very nice.
1: Now, as you traveled to three countries as a child, did you always use football to kind of, you know, break the ice, make friends because it it is the world's game?
0: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, at that time, you don't really know. But now looking back, I think football was a way to, to, yeah, kind of dig in. And despite color or race or religion or anything, it was just a way to unite. Um, In addition to that, I think uh, moving around gave me this ability to just adapt and Mm. learn and and be open to different things because if you weren't willing to you were going to be a lonely kid going around and i always had this thing where i wanted to be that center of attention so you had to kind of have a personality to speak and communicate and and yeah football helped with that and i think also traveling around yeah helped with that as well
2: so when when were you first having your early dreams of you know being a footballer did that come early did that come later on
0: um it's a good question i i don't know exa- i can't pinpoint the time however i do remember i have this like vivid memory i was walking with my brother he was walking me to training in newcastle mm. and i must have been four or five it was like one of my first training sessions of organized football um and it was with like a group of seven or eight year olds and at that time like seven or eight was bigger so i remember like looking at the center backs and they were like i really now that i remember they were like humongous But I just remember telling my brother, I want to play the position where you score the goal. And he's like, it's striker. (laughs) So I just kept repeating to myself, I want to play striker. I want to play striker so that I could go to the coach and say, I want to play striker. So I think that's where my first kind of sign came about, like, I have an intention in this game. Mm -hmm. But then I think as I got older, I just, yeah, I don't know, maybe kind of being good and being one of the, the better kids out there and, and having that approval from your peers and your parents and mm-hmm. so forth, I think all that combined just made me want to continue it on a yeah, professional status. That makes mm-hmm. sense.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Now, how did you transition from Australia to Seattle? Was that, yeah. the, that was the next step? I'm not missing anything in there. No,
0: I? no, that's, that's correct. So my father um, got a job mm-hmm. um, in the United States and he went earlier. And then my mother and I flew later um and my brother my, my older brother he stayed in Australia but my mother and I flew there and then yeah that's where the United States came about
2: and were you kind of reluctant to I mean <clears throat> were you excited about it was it you know kind of uh you know two sides of the same coin were you feeling like this was a new opportunity I mean walk us through that
0: yeah so um the United States I think globally has just this uh this image of, you know, being the, it's the U.S., you know, it's, it's the the American dream, you know, so mm-hmm. I think it was always an um, exciting thing to go to the United States and see what it's about, and you know, those, those, see the Hollywood, and those things where you grow up seeing, which, you know, portray the United States, um, and yeah, it was obviously, you know, leaving friends, and leaving my older brother, things like that were hard at the time, but Again, I had moved so much as a young kid that it was just another chapter in the mm. in the sequence. And uh, a new opportunity to learn, a new opportunity to grow. United States is giving opportunity again to my family to achieve new things and yeah, just a positive step in, in life. I think
2: mm. Now I'm I'm no psychologist, but it seems yeah. like a lot of the things that have uh, you know, kind of happened in your early years set the stage for you later.
0: Hardworking, yeah.
2: hardworking, determined parents, adapting, moving to new cultures. I mean, it just seems like it really set the stage for you to really take this on your own.
0: That's absolutely right. I think, um, you know, my father being so well-educated, he sometimes questions the whole football route. But I think he doesn't realize it's kind of his fault, you know, in in a positive (laughs) way. Because through the travel, it was making me accept, you know, going to new teams and going to new people and and kind of, uh, yeah, having to be open and things like that then moving new countries adapting to languages and accents and all these sort of things and then yeah coming from a family that was willing to sacrifice anything and everything and have a positive outlook on moves or changes it literally without you know unconsciously set you up for the world of football and you you guys both know that you know just as much if not more than i do with with your careers as well
1: yeah absolutely and you played, you played academy soccer in the U.S. with the Seattle, right. correct? That's and did right. you wish yeah. to go further on there or um, it was your decision to leave or, or they, they said you didn't make it?
0: Yeah, so um, Seattle was like a – it was a phenomenal step in the sense where there was this organization that was, you know, at the top level in, in its nation. Um, at that time, Seattle had not achieved the success it's achieved in these last few years, but it was still one of the you know, big teams, the crazy facility and so forth. So of course I wanted to stay in the organization, but there was a university system. You guys know the whole collegiate system. And to be honest with myself, I couldn't see, um, despite them telling me you go to university, if you do well, you can return to us and, you know, but I couldn't see me at 22 Still not being sure if I'm gonna you know get drafted so for me it was a risk and um, at that time I spoke to one of the head coaches at the time at Seattle and he helped me get an agent and then move on to yeah to I don't know what you call it, the next route I guess Mm
2: -hmm. so to come back a little bit I'm just curious (laughs) on your time there in Seattle how did you feel I guess upon the city upon the you know the type the type of play the type of training the type of coaching what was your experience like there
0: yeah, so Seattle was, um, was yeah, like I said, superb in the sense where it's such a structured organization. Um, mm-hmm. In the sense where you have, so this, it's called Starfire Sports, it's a facility, there's 12 pitches. Um, and out of those 12 pitches, there's one stadium, and then there's the grass pitch that the first team uses, that sometimes we'd have access to. You know, there's physios, there's dressing rooms, things that you're not introduced to, you know, as a younger kid in uh, in Australia. Yeah, that's the reality. I don't know if maybe, yeah, I think America is kind of like that in the youth stages as well. You kind of change and decide the pitch and you leave your bags there, right? But mm-hmm, you guys know mm-hmm. in yeah, Europe, exactly. even at five years old, they have access to the dressing room and showering at the ground and stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah,
2: it's
0: a little um, different. <laughs> so the US was cool in that sense where you you kind of adapting to this professional lifestyle, you could say um, which is not so important, but it just, it's a, it's an essence of the pro game, which you need to kind of, yeah, learn. Um, but then training was so structured from the warm up, from if you need any medical attention prior to training. Um, and then also it was where I started to learn that I have to play simple. Um, I was someone that wanted, like had that flair and wanted to always dribble and things like that. And, um, the head coach at the academy at the time, he just switched my play with. Uh, actually, he didn't do it with, with telling me. He did it with the restrictions he put in his sessions with one touch or two touch or
3: mm. having
0: to play. We had drills where you had to play forward, you couldn't play back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in certain things, he just made me adapt my game. And again, unconsciously knowing that what you have to do, in, as you guys know, in the, in the higher levels, is play simple majority of the time. Yeah. yeah. If not all the time. Yeah.
1: I want to come back to uh, what you just said earlier. You said it was a risk to go to college, mm-hmm. um, whereas many Americans, including Dylan and myself, it right. would, it's seen as a risk to not go to college and right. then play.
0: Um, yeah, that's a good how, point. How
1: how did that come into your to your to your head and how your mindset uh, to yeah. think like that? Because most people would think the opposite coming from America,
0: particularly. That's a very good observation. Actually, it just clicked in my head as you were saying it, but. Yeah, so for me, I was sure that I'm going to go pro. And to be honest, I was delusional because I had no right to say that. Like, when I, especially when I started saying that, I was just a kid that like, just played, you know? When I started saying that, I was like this arrogant kid that just, yeah, I'm going to go pro, I'm going to this, I'm going to that. I had no right to say that. But again, it was that like, fake it till you make it thing unconsciously. But I had just put this like, Expectation that I'm gonna go play professionally. So for me to to go to university was a risk towards my destiny, which I had created this illusion in my head that I'm gonna go pro. Um, but then also being at Seattle, um, yeah, and then being around that that organization and being around players that were playing in Division One and, and good players, and just seeing that hey, you know these are good players and players that do leave these organizations and don't go to the university route can sometimes go to Europe and have success. So why don't I take that risk? And uh, again, for for people that come from the Western world or Australia or the United States or Canada, the worst case scenario is what? You go get a job and you have a car and you live under a roof. You know, we're very fortunate in that sense because Mm -hmm. I've played with players. You guys have played with players where it's survival. But... Someone told me a couple of weeks ago, it was like, what's your worst case? You go to Australia, you get a job, you get a car, and you live an amazing life over there, but yeah, you just gotta work. So why why do you have fear on the pitch? Why do you have pressure on the pitch? Why would you ever have any mm. of those things while you're on the pitch? And yeah, I guess at that time it was risk of yeah, risk of losing time in the pro game was more was harsher than anything else you could say. Mm.
2: i love that i love that point first off also i mean um how how did you how did you feel in seattle i've heard some things about seattle and i I, i'm curious on on your take on it
0: it rains too much in that city (laughs) (laughs) i swear it rained i i looked it up the other day i think it's like 200 or 180 days of rain
2: oh my god but then
0: you know prior to rain it's typically gray skies so yeah. you you can add on to that i would literally say it's 240 days of gray and and that's, dark and
3: that's
2: northern yeah. Germany here too yeah. yeah that's
0: right yeah um but i wasn't so aware at that time of like uh how the the mood is affected by the weather and mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. but like when i do look back it's a very depressing per se climate mm-hmm. So you got to get yourself out of that with motivational videos and, <laughs> and good music and yeah, things yeah. like that. Yeah. But yeah. it's a, it's a great city, very kind people. There's a football culture, maybe more than some other parts of the United States. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say as much as California or, but, you know, maybe more than maybe central areas of the United States, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, good city. Seattle Sounders was a great organization and, yeah, I mean, I can sometimes say, like, maybe it was best if I was in one country and, and moved up and, you know, that, that thing. But at the end of the day, it, it panned out. Yeah, it panned out great. Mm-hmm. So,
2: yeah. Now, you said um, you had these delusions of, <laughs> of going pro. And I feel mm-hmm. like delusions may have a stigma to it, but I also feel like it is good when matched yeah. with the proper work ethic. Now, when did you realize that it wasn't just going to be your mindset, it was going to have to also have this insane work ethic to get to where you are?
0: Yeah, so in Seattle, I went for a trial at uh, another academy that wasn't Sounders, but it was a rival of Seattle Sounders. Went to that academy and I trained for a week. Actually, I got selected to go to the, 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 the session based on I was just like in the park training alone. And some guy came up to me, and he was the director of that academy, and he said, hey, where do you play? And then I spoke to him a little bit, and he said, Monday night, come to this place at 7.30 p.m. So I went, didn't know what I was getting at, and then, anyway, I spent the week trialing at that academy. After the week, they told me that he, the coach just approached me and said, I don't think you're good. And then I put my hand out didn't shake my hand, he walked away. So before that, I was, like, going to the park and just kicking the ball, like, shooting and – I was training every day of it. Now that I look like it wasn't training. It was just like mucking around. And then after that rejection, I still to this day don't know what happened. Mm. I didn't have a mentor at the time. I had nothing. But something just like it was a light switch. And I woke up the next day and I got up at 5 a.m. And I would run one hour. And then I would just dribble with the ball one hour. And um, then in school, I would skip class. And I train an hour and a half, two hours during school. I spoke to one of my teachers that was on board with my dream. And to this day, I'm in touch with this teacher. Um, and then I train after school. I go to the gym. And then I'd have my session at night.
3: Mm.
0: And I, would, I literally did this for like years. Yeah. Wow. So again, we can use that term. I was delusional because we, we all know that's not the right way to train. But it was necessary, I think, because with that time, I, I, I think I took out the gap between an Australian player, I, I could say technically, because mm-hmm. maybe these countries were a bit behind in terms of football IQ or maybe these kind of things. But technically, I, I, the gap was this much, I, I completely like, took it away because of that, that time that I just, yeah, that crazy work ethic, yeah.
2: Shout out to that teacher, by the way, him or her.
0: Shout, shout out to that year. teacher, yeah, That's Mr. Great. Mr. Matthew Hakuro. He's an artist. So oh, man. I mean, yeah. Art teacher, yeah. <laughs>
1: and a and, uh, shout out to the coach, too, that that disrespectfully yeah, said no you yeah, because I kind of snapped absolutely. you
0: into it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, you know, that thing, everything happens for a reason. And sometimes when you look back and you realize, yeah, all, all that did need to happen, even though at that time it was such a harsh rejection.
1: Yeah now we will, we will get to your travels and, and trials well, and tribulations no and trials yeah. particularly but mm-hmm. how do you approach them and how do you approach a failed trial i know in this case you uh you know went out and trained like a maniac for years to yeah. come
3: yeah.
1: Um, but a- as you've gained experience throughout the years how do you approach trials
0: um yeah i think i've realized that football is a game of opinion right and it takes it can you can have a hundred opinions that say no but it takes one opinion
3: to, mm.
0: to be there wherever it is. Right. So for example, okay. It's like you approach a trial and the coach says no, and you go again, and the coach says no, and you go three, 300 times and they all say no. But when you go to that new trial again, it only takes that one opinion once again. Right. So I kind of understood that. And I think uh, in the, maybe three years ago when I came to France um, and played there, I realized that I belong in the higher levels, the elite levels of global football, not just in Asia or not just in Australia or not just in the U S but I can play in Europe. And it wasn't, anyone told me that it was, I genuinely Mm. realized that inside. And once I realized that, I don't have this fear anymore of rejection because I know deep inside that I can play there and if it doesn't work it was due to an opinion um Mm -hmm. yeah it was just kind of something mentally that I that I came to with experience and to be honest answer your question specifically it's not a specific thing that I do it's what I don't do it's that I don't Mm -hmm. think about it that I don't take it on board of course there's errors and I analyze those and I work on them so they don't repeat again and if they do I analyze them again and make sure I don't repeat them again but it's not what I, nece- I don't have like a process. I just,
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I just deal with it. I did this wrong or I did nothing wrong. And it was due to an opinion or due to position or due to whatever it may be. And that's okay. And it'll work out the next time. And mm-hmm. you go until yeah that one opinion comes.
2: I really like what you said there, because I mean, just recently I did this video um mm-hmm. for a guy, Rick fit, and it was kind of giving mm-hmm. my, my top three things to do or top three things you need, right, Sean, in order to be a professional footballer.
0: Right.
3: And
2: the third one was basically, for me, was like, you have to have this inner belief Mm -hmm. that, you know, you can achieve this dream when no one else is going to feel like this. Absolutely. And I feel like that is ingrained in you, yeah. maybe very early, that it was like, from the delusional thoughts, it was just like, I have this dream, and I'm going to get to it. And people who say no, they may say no, but they're not going to define me.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, America plays a big part to that. I think there's this mentality in the United States that comes from maybe American football and basketball. It's like this grinder mentality, hard work, dedication, you know, these, these things. But America's really good at kind of instilling that, that winner's mentality. And mm. I think I learned that just from like peers, uh, American football players and basketball players and I don't know, listening to American motivational speakers and things like that, which I was introduced to when I was in the United States because, yeah, it is kind of that. I mean, we say delusional, but I always say you you can't expect delusional um, results and then not expect the person to be delusional, right? It's like people, yeah, so I'm a striker and then people want me to fight for the badge and have this character and this presence. But then if you get a yellow card or you get sent off one game people question you but it doesn't make sense you want this crazy personality to take that shot from 40 meters you know that <laughs> when balatelli shot right. that, you know that goal i think it was against germany the one where mm-hmm. he took his shirt off mm-hmm. so you want this guy that has the confidence to do that but then you again to a limit but you criticize him when he's maybe a little bit overbearing or overstepping you know but yeah. that's the thing you can't ask for that delusional or that strong character if you're not willing to take a strong personality again to a degree you can't be stupid and all but yeah it's i don't know like vlatan you 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 say why is his character like not you speaking in general you guys yeah, are of, great course, of course of course yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like you know they say um, yeah he's this he's delusional he's arrogant mm-hmm. but you remember that bicycle thing he'd sing to get against England. Yeah, who else would yeah. try that yeah, so you,
3: yeah.
0: It, it, you know, you, you can't have it your way. You've got to be accepting of if you want a crazy character and the crazy character to do crazy things on the pitch, you have to be you have to be willing to accept that it comes with, yeah, certain, because what we are on the pitch is what we are off the pitch. You know, those, those corn players off the pitch and they go on the pitch and they're the same. They're the ones that check their shoulder and relax and they ping a ball and, you know, mm-hmm. and then you've got a guy like Vardy that, crazy and always go, go, go. And on the pitch, your style is always run forward, run forward, run through the channels. You know, so, <laughs> good point. Yeah. Or Neymar is resilient and balanced and samba and this and that. And on the pitch, it's the same guy. Same so, thing. Yeah. You know, it's just maybe a theory that I have that I've come to. Yeah. So,
2: how do we find balance then? How do we find the balance to bring out the best possible version of ourselves, but also keep it within the confines of
0: sport? Yeah. So, I think realizing that we are professional. Um, and when you're a professional, you have a certain uh, responsibility of presentation. So a certain way you need to be. Or you're representing a badge, you're representing a country, um, you're representing your last name. So, you know, there's certain things you need to do in order to be a good representation. But also you have to remember that you have to be you and everyone's unique. And in order to be the best you on the pitch, you have to fulfill who you are off the pitch. So I think just accepting the person you are off the pitch. Um, and then working with what you learn and what you're advised from respected individuals in the game or off the game people that can give you knowledge and yeah kind of fine-tuning it to be able to yeah to fit the parameters of football but also not letting it box you because if, if it puts you in a box and you can't necessarily show yourself and I, I think some players with the wrong uh, sorry I think some coaches are uh, some players are victims of the wrong coaches, which yeah, kind of box them and don't allow them to show who they are on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and yeah, as you guys know, the best you is the free you, you mm-hmm. know, the one that plays without the yeah, without the so. right without yeah. the
1: external pressure for sure. Exactly. And yeah. and so you make the move to Germany. So that's correct. Mm-hmm. That's correct.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: Why Why Germany? And how? And how?
2: Yeah.
0: So my head coach at uh, the Sounders, he he referred me to an agent um the asian work typically in scandinavia but suddenly something came up for germany it was literally i had no information about it i woke up one morning and i looked at my turned over looked at my phone there was an email and this was pre pre whatsapp time so it was an email and it was uh yeah i have this um i have this option and are you interested and then I emailed back, I'm interested. And then booked my flight a day after. Sold my car. Which, I was stupid because it was a it was a trial. Yeah, it was a trial. But I had told my family now it's a direct contract. Did
2: you, wait, direct. did you know? Or were you under the impression it was yeah. a contract? No, no, no.
0: I, I knew, like, I knew it was a trial. Oh, but in my head, it's not a trial. I'm moving. <laughs> like, I, I, didn't even, I didn't even know back then that, like, you come home in the off season. And, like, you... You know, you have six months or whatever. And this is Germany. You guys know, like you come back in the winter, and winter's is even a little bit longer. And then I was like, no, I'm moving to Germany. I sold my car. I told my family I I got a direct. That's car. next level. Yeah, like I mean, now that I think about it, it's like odd, but yeah. And then I bought my one way ticket and went there. And then trialed with the team. They weren't offering like enough uh, that I was happy with financially. So imagine like I had done all that and like, yeah. And then transfer deadline day, I went on trial to another team and ended up, ended up signing. But like in my head, uh, I was like, no, I'm going to this one team and I'm signing forever and I'm staying in Germany. And, and I took two suit, you know, the limit, two suitcases, yeah, yeah. 25 kilos. Man. Yeah, so that's the yeah, next the level. That's the next level. Yeah, the agent referred me to, um, he's a former, former Darmstadt 98 like, legend, Elton Takosta. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and then he played at Augsburg and uh, several yeah, other clubs. teams in Germany. Yeah, big clubs. And he scored like a very famous goal, um, to promote Darmstadt. I think it was either into the Zweite Liga or the or the or Bundesliga. I don't know, but it was a crazy, like, it's very famous. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, he was the representative of my agent in Germany. So with him and his his wife, which was handling uh, the business side of football, yeah, they kind of helped me maneuver within Germany at the time.
2: And how was that? How did you find, you know, adapting to Germany? What were some of the things that you brought into the new team? And then how did that season go?
0: Yeah, it was very good in the sense where... um, like understanding where in Germany, no matter what level, what level you're playing at, there's like a high caliber of quality. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And also um eliminating the, the ego that you think, that you think you have coming from, you know, I thought like Seattle Sounders and now I'm coming to Germany and I'm staying here forever and I'm going to work my way up from, you know, boom, 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 it's like it's a Bundesliga and things like that. Um, but then realizing like, no, this is a process. I have to learn every day. I have to listen every day. These are players that have done more than I have done. These are players that have achieved things that I wish to achieve. And just like being a sponge to information. That was the biggest thing. Um, but yeah, everything was was impressive. The quality of football, players that you play with, knowledge that they have in the game. Uh, the coaches have all been somewhere. The assistant coach has been somewhere. So yeah, literally just being in like uh living like a... I don't know, living in a textbook, like living in a a learning Mm. environment Mm. constantly. That was the biggest thing for me Germany.
1: Yeah. And what what were some of the uh, things maybe your game was lacking at the time when you first came here? Something that stood out uh, significantly?
0: Um, I think it was knowing when to do what. Yeah, I think sometimes it was like first result is I have to go on goal. I always have to be going on goal. I always have to be facing goal and attacking goal. And I think over there I learned no you, know, you got to mix up your game. Um yeah, just be more observing of what you need to do today in order to be able to to succeed for today's game or today's session or the opponent that I'm up against. Um mm-hmm. that was something that I think before was no, I have one style, I'll always stick to my style. And then in Germany I became so much more disciplined tactically. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> Makes total sense. How yeah. long did you? How long did you spend in Germany?
0: So that first time, I spent uh, eight months in total. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've I revisited Germany last year, or not last year, twenty twenty. I was in mm-hmm. Germany again, um, and that one was again for about yeah eight months again, or mm-hmm. maybe a bit longer, maybe ten months or so, uh, just under a year. Uh, but that was a COVID-struck year, so even mm-hmm. though I was in Germany, I was most of the time in the in the corridors mm-hmm. of, of so
2: my thing. Gotcha. And so, yeah. so what happened with your, with your first day in Germany since it didn't, didn't last so, too long. And then what happened in between?
0: Yeah. So I, I wanted to like my mentality, as I said, when I sold my car and everything was I'm going to go to Germany and I'm going to move up the division until I get to the Bundesliga.
3: Mm.
0: And then when I went there, <clears throat> I realized that it doesn't work so simply. So I had this ambition where I would go to Asia, play first division in Asia and that's going to put me in a stronger position to come back up with first division in Germany. But like, again, no knowledge because that's not how it works. But anyway, um, I had an opportunity to go to Singapore, Singapore Premier League. So yeah, I went over to Singapore and I spent a year in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a very, I signed for two years, but it didn't pan out for two years. I had a very short sit in India. Um, and then a year in Australia and then some time in France and that's when I after that I came back Amen. to Germany yeah
2: okay so we're gonna dive into those a little bit more <laughs> definitely because I <laughs> think there's a lot more information <laughs>
0: yeah
2: <laughs> um, but just even coming back I mean what are some of the things that you wish you knew because I think we all know when you said like I would go to Asia and then come back yeah, yeah. I think we all had an idea of like this doesn't really work in no. germany so for <laughs> yeah. those out here who may be listening to this you know especially for informative purposes mm-hmm. what would you tell them in this scenario
0: yeah i think um is again identifying what is the objective for the player it's always it, 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 a lot of the time it comes back to what is the plan so for me and it still to this day is play at the best level possible and mm. push in the best position to be yeah, to be in the, the best level that I can be in, to make the best career moves, per se. Um, so at that time, it was the same thing, to make the best career moves, but it was without knowledge. As I said, it was go to Singapore Premier League and then return to the Bundesliga. Impossible, you know? I mean, especially, you know, in Europe, they don't respect it. They have no knowledge or respect towards Asia at all, mm-hmm. unless maybe mm-hmm. it's J League or K League or A League. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that is, it's only with the best of the best from those leagues that they'll take on a chance but um yeah i think the advice i would say is especially now with the resources of the internet and other players and podcasts that you guys provide is yeah inform yourself because someone everyone has the resources now and i think if they make an incorrect decision a big a very incorrect decision as i had made that's only, that's their responsibility they can't blame it on anyone else because mm. a, a big decision mistake which i had made should not be made today because of all the information on the internet mm-hmm. with podcasts and footballers and and research and being able to contact other players, mm-hmm. you know? I mean at that time Instagram was still those pictures where it was like white on the corners, you know? Yeah, 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 it's not yeah. long ago, but you know, this is like eight seven <laughs> years ago or something. Um but like now you have all these resources. Um so yeah, I would just say inform yourself. Yeah.
1: Now, I want to touch on something um, that was very timely uh, for Dylan yeah. and I. Um, and when you say you can reach out to players and find out information uh, by simply mm-hmm. just messaging them on Instagram, yeah. Yeah. Um, emailing people, getting in touch with them on Facebook, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do receive here at Footwork uh, a number of messages, people are just asking questions about the game and stuff, but
0: right.
1: they lack an introduction of who they are.
0: Yeah,
1: And I think. As you travel and just in life in general, it's always important to give a proper introduction before asking whatever you want. That yeah, way, the yeah. person on the other end has yeah, an idea yeah. of who you are. Especially, it's, really.
2: especially if it's help, you know, especially, right? Just
1: yeah, something
3: yeah. from you. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah.
1: you were a great example of you reached out to us uh, just mm-hmm. after hearing our podcast yeah. a bit randomly. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Um, but with a proper introduction, so that right. after I, I read your message, or it was a voice message, I forget.
3: Mm-hmm. But voice I,
1: message. I had, I, I knew who you were. I had an idea yeah. of who you were.
2: Right. Yeah, you could tell right from that voice message. It was like, oh, absolutely. Stand up, yeah. guy. Right. Like, Let's have a conversation yeah. ASAP. Thank you,
0: guys. Right.
1: Yeah. You know, and uh, I think I think first credit to you for doing that. But I think that's really important, yeah. especially in this game, where you can reach out to, if you want to go play in Singapore, go find foreigners that play in absolutely. Singapore. Yeah. Message them. Out of 20 players, I bet a few will answer, and then you can ask sure. away.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, you touched on a good point. I think, first of all, it's important, yeah, to to introduce who who you are because also it's going to change how you reply to that, to that message. You know, mm-hmm. I also think it's respect for the individual because you're going to be taking time out. Um, so it's important for you to know. Um, yeah. Even if I can be of, uh, if that person can be of importance to you, or if they can, yeah, if they have the, you know, depending on the level the player is, you might respond a different way or you mm-hmm. might change how you respond or where they're from, or, you know, certain things like that where you could change your advice. But I think right now people, uh, some people, they just kind of lazy to search for the information or put an mm. effort to mm. find the information. Um, you know, maybe if a certain individual reached out and introduced themselves and asked in a nicely manner and a polite manner, maybe you're more inclined to spend more time on that individual, but if it's disrespectful and if it's just, yeah, just um, without consciousness of, of you guys, then mm. You know, I'm sure you guys are you guys are two great individuals. You would reply, but maybe you'd be neglecting to give as much effort because it's not coming in such a polite or respectful or... Yeah, I mean, I came to you guys with a voice message because I thought it's, like, unique, you know? I hope you Absolutely. guys will get, like, 50, 50 voice messages tomorrow now. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, um,
1: it's better. I, I agree. Because I can awesome. hear on the other end who you, you are.
0: Un- exactly. You see who I am and you understand the... Uh, because at the end of the day, this is it's communication, right? Of course, and yeah. I'm I'm selling I'm selling a, a unique this is a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. a broadcasted conversation. And I thought what what better way to to you know, ask for feature on mm-hmm. a podcast, which is a conversation, than start a conversation. Yeah. 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 That's just no, to, to to explain that on air. Yeah, that's a great point.
2: I think everyone should do that from now on. Yeah. I agree. That
0: rule <laughs>
1: <laughs> I agree, and not not to to put these individuals on on the spot, right. like blow their absolutely. spot up. But yeah. I think it's important if they are listening that this is you got to look in the mirror and ask yourself: if someone wrote you a message, "Hi, how are you? I play here, and I'm looking to play here. Do you have contacts yeah. there?" Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, no, of course. Hard. If I did, I
1: would never give it to you yeah, because I don't know who absolutely. you are. I don't. I've never seen you play, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, it's a really it's a really first, big thing in this game. Huh? first impression, absolutely. networking. And like you said, first impression, trials, first impression yeah. to go hand in hand.
0: Well, absolutely. I think also, we, even though we say don't judge a book by its cover, the reality is we, so if it's in a, if it's in a visual sense, you're going to see that person before you speak, right? So mm-hmm. before I approach you, this in a visual sense, I'm going to see you. So even if I don't want to, I'm going to make certain observations or, you
3: know, we, we can
0: say positive judgments, we'll keep it there, positive judgments just based on the thing. So... We say first, don't judge a book by its cover or things like that, but that's the first impression. So your brain is automatically going to use former trauma or former observations or whatnot to to create an idea. And then Mm. when it's on a basis of the social media or WhatsApp or whatever it may be, the first impression is what you read or what you hear. So Mm. again, what am I doing? Am I saying, hello, how are you? Thank you for your time. Sorry to bother you. Or no, am I saying, hey, yo, yo, mate, give me this with spelling errors and so <laughs> forth, which, again, is a reflection of that person. You might be willing yeah. to help that person. But if they're making spelling errors and they're not replying in a timely manner or if they're not respectful or so forth, that's going to be a reflection of you guys if you're mm-hmm. referring them or if you're having them on your, your channel. And mm-hmm. yeah, that uh, doesn't go well for you guys if that person is in a good representation.
2: Yeah. yeah, I agree with you both. Yeah. um so something we spoke on on a recent podcast was kind of like the yes rule so if someone is asking you to coffee or something like this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just say yes mm-hmm. Now i feel like you might have a unique perspective on this because you've been around so many places and we know the value of a connection in our right. game and in life really just in general yeah so you know how do you how do you take that into your everyday life when you're traveling you've been to all of these places meeting new right. people and new connections are you one that's know really open to it or is it something that you've kind of had to get
0: better at um i think so coming like the iranian background in me is a very hostess background where mm-hmm. people like we have a lot of guests my mother always had guests and things like that so for us that's they you know, always like being accommodating to guests and, and things like that and uh, the second thing is uh having how do i say like yeah just i believe like how do I say this? We're in a world that, that good karma, if you help and you give, good and, and positive things are going to return to you. So I used to think that, again, without knowing, I used to think that you have to be, yeah, you have to find contact for yourself and you have to put yourself in those positions and you have to do it for yourself. And it's your agent and your coach and your team. But then as time progressed, I realized, no, when I help and when I give, things come back to me, you know? uh, I believe in God, so God repays me, or the universe repays me, whatever one believes in. Um, Then I I had a conversation with a, actually spoke to a French player today for the first time. They had some experiences in other countries in Europe. And I said to him, and this is what I say to everyone is, yeah, if if I have 10 contacts, and you have 10 contacts, but we keep them for ourselves, I only have 10 and you have 10. But if I share with you, we both have 20. Right, and now you have more power, and I have more power. And the reality with contacts and networking is that there could be a time with one of my contacts doesn't want to strike up. So why am I not going to give you? If you're a good guy and you're going to go there and have a killer season, and you're just going to make me look good, why wouldn't I put you in that position? Right? Um, and yeah, I just like now I have this thing where I just want to give and help mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. give. And for me, it's a bigger picture than just football. It's you know as I. As I said, it's it's for a bigger picture, but also it returns in football, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, yeah, for me, that's my mindset, just being an open person and being willing to help, being willing to give. And despite status or despite what I'm going to receive back, mm-hmm. but just knowing that good things will come to me if I be good. And yeah. yeah, that's how I look at it.
2: It's that idea of giving yeah. without the expectation of
0: receiving. Absolutely, anything, right? yeah. Absolutely. But how do, you,
2: how do you balance, I mean, I'm sure you get asked by players all the time now mm-hmm. um, just mm-hmm. to help you out. And it's tough because a lot of the times it's your reputation. Mm-hmm. So it could mess up something for you or it could mess up something oh. for another player. Right. How do you balance that without, you know, especially if a player you don't know so well, how do you mm-hmm. balance those interactions?
0: Right. So the, the, the initial thing that I want to say is I'm always going to need to help. If I can't help with giving that direct contact, I can help in some other way, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's the that's the beginning kind of rule for me. I'll never say just I'll never say no. You'll never catch me saying no. I'll give a solution in some sort of way. Um, <clears throat> but the reality is, yeah, you can't put your name on the line for anybody, right? That's just the reality because it's it's your name. And at the end of the day, you might use that agent for yourself or that contact for yourself or for a friend or for your son or for your daughter or whatever it may be, it has value, right? And you mm-hmm. can't just throw it away. But on the contrary, if I have a good player, um, whether I know them or not, because C V speak for themselves. And again, if I know them, that's even better. And if they're a good character and I, and I trust the, the level of CV. And I want to even push to help because if that player goes and does well, it's gonna help me more. Yeah. It's gonna give me a more positive name with that contact. So which can yeah, it'll just help me more in the long run. Yeah. But sure. yeah, I'll 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 never my to answer your question, I'll never just cut the question off or say no. I'll just change what I would say or how I would help them or refer even if it's referring to a video they need to watch. Again, I don't know everything, but um just based on my knowledge, that's what I'll do. Yeah
1: i like that and and you made the move to singapore how did you wind up going there and how was your experience there
0: yeah so uh a former he's a former coach from the united states um former u.s international uh thomas Silva. yeah he played I think with the not in the olympics in the qualification of the olympics i don't -hmm. know when it was 19 maybe 80s in olympics or yeah or 94 i'm not i'm not sure when it was um they did like the qualifiers for the Olympics with the US. Um, Thomas Silvas. Um, yeah, he he helped bring me over. Um, and his son, Diego Silva, was a teammate of one at Seattle Founders, the Academy. And they helped bring me over. Um, and then yeah, ended up ended up staying there for a year with Tampanese Rovers, which was uh, the, at the time it was the best side in, in the S League, which is now the rebranded Singapore Premier League.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. And how was the level there, for listener? First off, for listeners, what level were you playing at Germany in the first place?
0: Uh, in Germany, I was at the time in the Bundesliga, which was sixth league. Okay. Yeah, sixth league, yeah, sixth league, sixth league, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then, um, and, and the level in to- Singapore was better.
0: Uh, hard, yeah, I mean, in in total, hundred percent better because it's professionals. It's two players that train every single day, twice a mm-hmm. day, and for the most part. Nutrition is better and. The mindset is of a pro and so forth. Um, But then, when you talk about like, uh, if you compare local talent, then I think all of us, with all due respect, if we were of that nation, we'd be, you know, we'd have a very fulfilling career if we had that passport, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's the easiest way to say it with South towards Southeast Asia. There is quality, there is. yeah, there is there's phenomenal players. But if, if we had that possible, we'd be someone that have a fixed position in that league over the course of our whole career, right? So that, that can kind of give a sense of where it's at. Um, but the reality is you're fighting for a foreign spot. Mm-hmm. And at that time, the year I was there, there was a three plus one rule. So three mm-hmm. foreigners from anywhere plus one Asian. So now you're competing with the best foreigners around the world. From Brazil, former internationals, first division players, because yeah, they want they want to come and have a good salary in Asia and a good lifestyle, and so yeah, maybe in overall the quality is not like first division in Europe, but when we're talking the uh, foreigner spots, very very high level, yeah. And then fortunately for myself, I was in uh, the best team at the time, and there was like eight of eleven of the starting eleven for Singapore national team, so. Wow. That was a good, yeah, that was a very good experience to be around, like, veterans with over, like, 20, 30, 40 caps with the national team and Asian qualifications, World Cup qualifications and sea games and things like that. So, that was a good experience, yeah.
2: So, then what comes next?
0: So, I signed a two-year deal in India, in the mm-hmm. I-League, in the first division. Oh, wow. Um, but I ended up leaving after, like, I don't, I don't know the exact time, but it was, like, four or five months, yeah. Before the okay. season actually started, I ended up leaving. Okay. Yeah, and there was, there was some like behind the scenes issues that I didn't want to get involved with, and I didn't want to kind of be with for a duration of two years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just terminated my contract, got my got my flight ticket after some issues, and then went to Australia.
2: Okay. Yeah. Now, we don't have to touch on any of those things no that problem. were happening behind yeah. the scenes, but... Um, <laughs> for, your, just... for
0: your safety, I won't touch on it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Appreciate that. So so well, just tell us about the Indian League. I mean, that's something... I mean, that's one league that we surely have never had a guest that's yeah. played there, and we don't yeah. know. I don't know mm-hmm. anything. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: can you just give us a little background on that?
0: Yeah, so at that time, India was going like to a there was a lot of investors coming in and the ISL was just like tournament league where they would do three months a year. And there was like a huge salaries and things like that. The players during the off season, they were doing the ISL just to make like a big amount of money and then go back to their, their respective like team. Um, hmm. But yeah, India was like becoming this name in Asia. And it's, at, at that time, I league was the first division. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was a new experience. It was Asia. Um, it was a direct contract it was uh yeah at that time it was like a no-brainer to move move towards it so yeah for me i went um and yeah it was a team that ended up actually winning the i league that year so they became the champions and they qualified for the afc uh, afc champions league qualification and then mm-hmm. ended up being in the AFC cup like the europa league of, of asia um but it was just, uh, yeah, as I said, there was some behind-the-scenes issues that wasn't allowing me to, allowing me to stay. Um, but again, it's, I don't have any regrets because it was a good experience, it's a new nation to my CV, mm-hmm. um, and just because there was one negative experience, it doesn't become a reflection of the nation or the league or. Of course, or any, yeah. or even the organization. You know, it could be a, mm-hmm. it could be certain individuals or whatnot. Yeah. You know?
2: mm-hmm. Now with changing teams, so many, so many times, yeah. it can really present challenges. How do you like balance the need to kind of get out of your comfort zone and maybe mm-hmm. change teams, but also find your home in a club?
0: Yeah, that's something that, um, that that's something I can attest to. So having to find that, that balance, because obviously when you're moving around, you're, you're not always able to, you know, find your place and find your kind of spot. Um, But also being like having this kind of profile as a professional player, it's a reality that I accepted. So if I'm somewhere and it's not making sense anymore, then I have to leave because it's more negative to remain there and, uh, and yeah, just continue with it, rather than go on and restart, if that makes sense. So,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, if I was at a top division, like, you know, a Totti kind of split, Francesco with Totti, where it's always at the top level, same club, then yeah, you can go through a tough time and stick it out. Um, but I think I'm in a situation where, yes, you push, push through struggles, which I've done several times, but there's certain struggles or certain limitations that if you've achieved it or the level is below your level at that point you just have to leave and look and yeah. for a new challenge
1: yeah it's a balancing act i mean you have to find exactly. out what what are you willing to put up with and go exactly. through which will help you grow as a yeah. person but then there's certain things that are just a no-go and if that is exactly. the case then it's time to leave
3: yeah exactly. and
1: you wind up you wind up going back home to australia um, yeah so yeah how, i mean how is that it's your your homecoming so, yeah, so
0: it was the first time, like, I went there to, like, properly play, um, and it was the only, like, window that was open at the time, and it was a short flight, and, yeah, after the things that had gone on, I just wanted to go somewhere and, um, and play. Um, I didn't have much knowledge on the league. I spoke to some agents and things like that, um, but, yeah, I went there. I think, like, my second or third day, I had, like, three meetings with agents. I was supposed to meet three agents and then I hadn't set the date and the time for the second two, but just, I saw the first one and um, I was impressed and I was happy with his plan for what I was going to do. And, and uh, yeah, there was some promises of A-League, uh, the trials in the A-League and for me, that was the objective at the time. And yeah. And then I, I just, yeah, I just disregarded everyone else and went forward with it. But it was great. It was like great to be back in Australia. And I was a bit older to understand why I'm the way I am, being Australian and being this outgoing individual. And on top of that, it was, uh, yeah, it was great. To, it was a great experience to play there.
2: So it was really important for you, kind of after some of the things that were happening, to just get back to the basics, just play, sure. work on your craft.
0: <clears throat> for sure. I mean, I, I didn't think, it would, I, I used to have this mentality like, I'm going to go back to Australia. I've been abroad and it's going to be a walk in the park but then when i went i actually saw like the level i, di- I didn't end up a league or anything didn't end up coming into fruition but i was in the mpl kind mm-hmm. of uh scene if you guys know that's the second division yeah
3: yeah uh, i played mpl i played mpl
0: I played oh, okay. in
2: Tas- tasmania tasmania <laughs> interesting
0: yeah, yeah. that's funny yeah. um <laughs> um yeah it was in that scene, but, like, I realized, like, wow, the caliber of actual quality in Australia, especially in New South Wales, is very high. And the reason they're here, I used to think it's because they, they can't go abroad. But now I realize it's because a lot of players don't want to go abroad. And, and, uh, and yeah, it, that, that, that presented challenges as well. Like, it wasn't easy. It was, you know, you have to fight for your spot and adapt to a new style of football and, and build a new... Um, a yeah, new form and style of playing and adapting and contact and so forth, so forth. But, um, yeah, it was, it was great in its own right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And how is it going, um, to a country now where you didn't really have to adapt that much culturally, you know, with Germany and Singapore and India, yeah. it's very different than, um, you know, Canada, America, Australia, Absolutely. and of course you're yeah. going back Absolutely. to Australia. How was that? How was that adaptation?
0: So here's the thing for me. all like, it's like a reality, but to an Australian, because you've been away and because of the Iranian background, you're not fully Australian, right? But it's the same the other way. To an Iranian, you're not Iranian. Um, and then also on top of that being away for so many years and accent getting messed up and um, your mind opening in different ways due to travel and things like that, it was still like a foreigner for me. Mm. yeah I I still like not that I felt as a foreigner in the world I was very proud to be in my country and like I wouldn't tolerate anyone littering and things like that because I felt like finally I have faith you know Mm, mm, I'm mm. in my home you know I've always been taking off my shoes and doing the rituals of someone else (laughs) in someone else's home but now I'm in my home right (laughs) um and I wanted to keep the country like safe and clean and I had this sense of pride you know um but on top of that I felt like a foreigner again in the sense of football because I was in a whole new realm. Yeah. I mm. was in, I, 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 there was, I visited and saw nothing and no one that I knew prior from football. So mm-hmm. it was again, paving the way, Oh, where are you from? Or where have you played? And I was unknown in the Australian scene because I left so young. Yeah, mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: That yeah.
0: makes sense. Yeah.
1: and then uh just like your your story you are a footballing nomad you say i'm gonna right. i'm gonna take the move to france and yeah. uh, go back to europe new country back in yeah. europe uh obviously world cup winners is past world cup um, yeah so super high level of football there but dylan and i know pretty much nothing about the footballing system there right. Um, right. so please please inform us on that
0: absolutely so it was uh it was just this thing for me when I and I had this mindset when I was this idea when I was in Singapore, but yeah, I would just see myself unfulfilled in Singapore in the sense where I was around the best players, and hence I, I was not, um, you know, I was not like doing crazy things or anything, but in the sense where I was not being challenged day to day in terms of information. In terms of knowledge, yeah, in terms of uh, gaining, yeah, you know, from, you know, just, you know, I, I have this thing where I like to speak to players, and, and you can do that in Europe, and you can learn left and right, because everyone, someone was a footballer, right? Um, every coach, every everything, even in sessions and learning, even though you can learn over there, but it's a little bit different than Europe. So i had spent two, three years now in, in Asia, and... I just wanted to return to the highest level of football. And at this time still I did not know if I if I belonged there. So I kind of needed to prove it to myself. So yeah, I came upon some people at the time that um yeah, that had introduced the opportunity of going to France, but not necessarily for a specific team. But going there, preparing myself for a certain amount of time with like the top individuals in that country, from the physical therapist, the nutritionist to the uh, physical trainers, and then after that six month period, going on trial, and then signing. So it was like this plan where I'm transitioning into France again. Mm-hmm. It was moving to France, but this time it was a little more. You didn't, you didn't know, sell a car like this delusional. time. Yeah, I
3: Sold <laughs> the bicycle. I sold, I
0: sold my soul that time. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> yeah. um, and then yeah, and then went over to France. Um France was like a sh- super important step for me because I got introduced. Um, I've been introduced to like top individuals in Australia from like the Australian national team staff members and, and top, top like Olympic committee nutritionists and, and things like that. But um, France was like working with the top in Europe, which even though maybe the Australian person is better, uh, like my physio here in Rooney is the physio of the Australian national team. But um, even though maybe you know he's better, but it's that thing again that that idea ideology that Europe is the the top of the best, right? So it was this thing to come and work with like the league one nutritionists and league one physios and league one individuals.
1: So I think this is super fascinating. Uh, a two part question here. First off, mm-hmm. the fact that you decided that uh, moving to France and assimilating to the culture. Uh, learning the language, meeting people mm-hmm. in the football world um, before going on trial and signing for a team. Yeah.
3: Um,
1: I've never heard of this before, which is fascinating. And I can yeah. understand the reasons why it would be beneficial for you uh, because your first impression with the teams, then after being in the country for six months, will be vastly different than if you just came there fresh. Right. Um, and two, why did you feel the need to seek out these top professionals, top nutritionists, top physios? Um, and how did you get in contact with them?
0: Yeah, so um, at that time, so I'm, I'm going to speak at this, this was in the present moment. At that time, I got introduced to a young lady that was uh, a coordinator in football. So it wasn't an agent that you could say intermediary. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had proposed the idea, I had, I had proposed my, my intention of always revisiting Europe, but it, again, it was an idea. And she had proposed this idea of France. So at that time, um, it, I was well aware that just based on knowledge, not even information, that it's somewhere that i got to go trial. You're not getting a direct contract in France, coming from Asia or Australia or anything like that. So I, uh, yeah, I just, it was a project, like it was a France project. To so go there, she's going to refer me to, to like, yeah, so... To, to, to name drop up a little bit. So this, my physio is the French national team physio. Like he was actually there when they won the World Cup and he's with every camp and everything like that. He's the head of the physical therapy for the French national team, the men's French national team. And the nutritionist is the, the nutritionist of Saint-Étienne, which is the League One team, Saint-Étienne. Um, and then there's like physical trainers that work with League One players over the course duration of the summer break and winter break. And then one of the key pieces was she introduced me to an individual named Kelly Yuga. And he was a former Premier League player and then went on to have 12 years in in England and Premier League, Championship, League One and League Two. And he was also the captain of his national team, the Republic of Central Africa. And he became the the kind of... uh, yeah, he he's like my mentor now, um, on and off the pitch. But he became someone that kind of uh, yeah just told me everything based on his experience in France, um, but then also his experience in England and playing at the highest level. Um, and for me, it was important to to see all these individuals because at that time I thought that this is what I'm missing. It's having the the best people right off the pitch, and this is going to give me that extra edge and. And, um, yeah, it, it I, I, you know, to this day, I don't use exactly as they told me those individuals, because it's always a learning process and adding to your game from different people, and different individuals and different things. But I mean, it was, it was information that I would not have gained anywhere else. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, being, I don't know if, if maybe America's like, this, but in Australia to talk to people of that caliber, you got to go way out of your way to meet those kind of people. Right. Um in Australia if I want to talk to a former international player, yeah. I mean, when I was a kid now, maybe it's more easier, but at that time it was impossible. You know, you, you can't talk to a former like Sokaru. It's impossible to gain advice. But here it was like, yeah, learning from everyone everywhere. And uh and yeah, honestly it was all through her. Um and fast forward she's actually my missus now. But at the time it was strictly yeah, it was strictly business and mm-hmm. And it was, uh, yeah, just linking me up with the most important people. And she had contacted the uh, teams to have me train and trial lab and things like that. And through all these other individuals, they also helped a lot to put me, yeah, just kind of make a plan. And, and then
3: mm-hmm.
0: this is all before the trial. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: So then, so then you play a little bit in France for a team, and then you end up going to Austria. So yeah. tell us about that time in France and then that transi- transition and how
0: so, it came about. So in France, I. Uh, um, so Kelly, he sent me up with a trial um, with a third tier side in, in France. Um, and it came about a successful trial. And in the end, we kind of won and got what we wanted. Um, and so yeah, I, I left in the off season completely thinking that everything's good. And then when I returned, um yeah, it just didn't come to it didn't come to fruition. You know, I didn't end up going there. That's the most important thing to take away. So um dealing with that, missing the transfer period, staying fit, training, um, and then signing in the winter window with a with a with a team in France. So then ended up playing in France, um, and then COVID hit and then I was so fixed on France that I was like rejecting opportunities from other places. Um, but then I had this seeing where I just wanted to go to a league, not a league, a country that I know, country that I've been, country that's close by, and just play. Mm-hmm. Just get minutes back post-COVID. So um went on Google, typed in Landesliga Oberliga. Um and then the list came up. And then oh, I, I love these. I, I, honestly, no joke. I, this, is, this is hand to God. True story. I, I, and I spoke about this in a German artist. I just, I don't know, you know, on the mouse, on the little thing on the mouth, you can like, it like Scroll. slides down. Yeah. yeah. I just, I hit it once, it flew down, stopped it, clicked on one on a team, whatever team it was. <laughs> Scrolled, and the coach was Iranian, he was Persian. If that's not destiny that's Oh my destiny.
2: god, yeah
3: Wow
0: Then I, I, I found a way to contact him And contact him and I explained him I said, that's, that's what just happened Now believe it or not, I want to come in trial Oh, I'll pay for everything, no problem I want to come in trial Anyway It was COVID time, it was complicated I Ended up taking a 19 hour bus drive From Lyon To, to uh, Dusseldorf and then yeah, then in uh, yeah, Airbnb. Um they wanted to see me for a week, but after the first night they I signed in the in the dressing room. Yeah, uh, with my towel on. They, they they put me under pressure and had to sign. I'm joking. <laughs> but, but, but I'm joking. But yeah, basically the first the first uh, day we reached an agreement, they were happy. I seemed I was happy. Um and actually I had a I had a team in France at the time that was that I was like weighing against but I had thought to myself I've been rejecting other opportunities from left and right maybe it's maybe this is a sign that I just gotta look elsewhere and Mm -hmm. get the career rolling elsewhere and Germany's still a big country and the football's good and and yeah and I'll go there so ended up signing there immediately was in the first 11 like a few days after really good team good players phenomenal one of the one of the best coaches I worked with um the best structure the sessions um that I've like some of the best sessions I've ever had and great individual and I uh yeah started the season well three games two goals one assist and then COVID hit mm. um and then it, it was a lower level that I wanted to be um so then I was like okay I'm going to drop the caliber of country so you got the top five nations and then you got lower. And then I transitioned mm-hmm. to Austria. And how are
2: Every you finding four- your time there?
0: I love Austria. Um, I think it's a phenomenal nation, phenomenal people. And I'm very happy because it's, yeah, you know, I was, I was around 30 before in France, but now I'm playing and getting minutes, you know, in 30 in Europe and a respectable nation. So football-wise, I'm happy. Um, collectively, it's been a difficult year for the team. And when it's difficult collectively, it's also difficult individually. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a striker, that's also hard. But yeah, that doesn't mean we can't come back, or I can't come back. And that's the beautiful thing about being a striker, And that in in it in it you cannot score for a couple games, and then yeah. you can score a hat trick one game. So yeah, just yeah. staying optimistic. And that in Austria, I have zero complaints. Mm-hmm. I love the league. I love the the pitches and stadiums and yeah honestly zero complaints about the country yeah.
1: I love it. um i do have a question about austria but back to the german team
0: yeah
1: and back to introductions how did mm-hmm. you reach out to the coach and what did just, you say
0: yeah um so i think i'm fortunate where and you guys kind of see it the. the the person i am is like real you know, it's it, it's not a it's not a show in order to to gain uh, attention or attraction. It's it, it's really who I am. So the same way I'm speaking here, the same way I contacted him, but with words. I I wasn't that confident to send the head a head coach with the You wait for a license. Uh, you wait for pro license, the voice is, But I just reached out. I said, "Hello, how are you?" And look, this is the this is how I came upon you. And this is my CV, and I want to get my foot back in the door in Germany. I have experience already, um, and and yeah, and I mean fair play to him, because I know a lot of players contact him, um, especially being from Iran. Iran is a place where people try to, I mean, as I did, you know, it's a it's a patriotic nation, so we mm-hmm. see each other to help each other and things like that, but. Yeah, he, he replied to me and, and thanks to him because he's like a he's a life lifetime friend of mine now. Mm-hmm. Um, he was form of Bremen and things like that. He was understanding of of football self, you know, and having a high high license as well that it allows him to kind of I guess filter who's the real deal and who's not. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. no, that makes sense. I mean, jumping around as we've said, like a footballing nomad to the mm-hmm. team, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What qualities do you feel like are necessary for a foreigner who comes onto a new team, whether that be in terms of on the field, on the training pitch, or, you know, in the locker room with the guys?
0: I think the number one thing is uh, character. Yeah, is mm-hmm. the head. And now the head comes to fortitude, strength, mm-hmm. but it also comes to off the pitch and going there and sticking your hand out and being open to learn and putting your, putting your ego out the door because the reality is if you're going there you need them they don't need you right you're going there to prove that they need you but in that initial time you need them so mm-hmm. yeah i think it just all comes down to yeah to to being that person that can kind of adapt and, and put your ego and pride to the side um and then also on the pitch it goes a different way it's having that mental strength to take big risks because it's very easy to go in a trial and say i don't want to fail i don't want to Be bad. I don't want to get exposed, but the reality is, it's better to be exposed and be bad for trying to be great, than to just stay on the brink of being good, being okay, to not be exposed because you're not gonna sign. It's better to be rejected, but maybe you might have signed, than to have zero chance of signing Mm -hmm. at all. So I think taking big risks, not to be stupid and dribbling 15 players, but yeah, getting in the zone and and not overthinking it and just showing, yeah, just showing who you are. Because at the end of the day. You don't show who you are. There's no way you're going to find.
1: Mm. And, um, what about, what about the languages? I mean, you spent a good amount of time in France yeah. and, and Germany and now Austria, even though they have a, a funky yeah. accent of German. Yeah,
2: <laughs> very funky. <laughs> uh,
1: Gru- Gott"? is what they say, right? Like,
2: yeah, a hello, Gott, right?
0: Servus, "Gruß Gott, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Gott." it's a funny... He, it's a fr- funny... Shown. It it's a, a funny a uh, yeah, yeah. direct translation, though, isn't it? Isn't it isn't like, may God be upon you as a greeting? Right. Do, you, it's like, do you
0: guys speak German yourself?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, you know... um. I didn't hear it when I was in Germany but you can say like fahren wir oder was so like should we yeah, should we go or, go or not? no, no. Yeah. yeah and then I was once with the group and they were like former of us and I was like what I'm like yeah should we go former of us I said what He's like, yeah we like mush work together in order to yeah, yeah and that's kind of a testament to the whole language so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've uh, um... I've
1: I was in Austria for just uh, like a few days, but yeah. I met I met some Austrians, and yeah, yeah. I you think can understand I can understand Austrian what they're saying, German? but there's a lot of things yeah. that they have just different words. Like, isn't like a uh, is not yeah, like yeah.
0: it's a different word. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. You know, I'm still. I think if someone speaks Austrian German and German, they they can say they speak yeah, it next yeah, to yeah, language yeah. It, for me it's a total different language. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, for me it was like um. I've always thought if you live in a country, um, it's respect to the nation to attempt to to try and learn it. So uh I was you could say fortunate slash unfortunate in France, where it's a nation, they prefer you to try to speak their language. So even if they spoke English, they would kind of allow me to speak French. And that was hard at the beginning, but due to that, it allowed me to learn French. Um and then using those techniques to to, to learn german yeah I, i'm not saying i'm perfect in both but yeah i have enough proficiency like i mean i speak very well in both and i think that's again just coming down to wanting to yeah wanting to learn and it's a new it's a new thing you know it's, mm-hmm. it's not just about developing as a player but also developing as a, as a person yeah. and what are
1: some tips you you have on uh, learning a language
0: um i i my trick which I'm not sure is the right trick, but my trick is vocabulary. That's the, always the initial goal. Because to someone that's fluent, if I say, I want go burger, you understand, I want to go get a burger, right? So just gaining vocabulary, vocabulary, vocabulary. And then uh, after that, grammar. Yeah, grammar mm-hmm. and then the tenses at the end. Um, Duolingo.
1: Yeah, I use um, that I'm when I first lingo came here.
0: Every day. I'm, gonna, I'm currently on a 66-day streak, which Ooh. I'm very proud of. No,
1: I've never done
2: 66. It <laughs> usually teeters at around
3: 20. Yeah. yeah. Come so on I, back. We I, the 20s you. are tough. Part of
0: my daily routine. Um, I did that with French. I do that currently with German. And then this is a tough one, which people look at me, they raise their eyebrows. But when you're in a country, you're trying to learn a certain language, all movies you watch are in that language on mm. Netflix. So I watch I watch Peaky Blinders in French. Yeah, I watch. Oh, I don't uh, know if I could do that. Maybe yeah,
2: subtitles. I, I do subtitles a lot for yeah, German. I, I, I don't them know them if I German. could listen to Peaky Blinders in German. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: people people say oh, I'm crazy, and then I'm doing uh I'm doing uh what's it called uh, I did Riverdale in, in German. So again. Oh no, so that's gotta that, be so interesting. I did, I did, na- so I did interesting. Narcos. I did Narcos mm. in German. So imagine Narcos in German. Imagine it's a Spanish speaking show <laughs> and you you in German, but.
3: <laughs> Yeah, just brought it I'm to another level. Otherwise, I'm not
0: going to
1: let it. was Max to Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> Moin, Chef. You're
0: oh. making me regret it now that you're repeating it. Uh, I'll go back and watch though. it in Spanish. Yeah. If you <laughs> there's,
1: a, there's a great German show. I'm going to just have to put it out there. I don't know if you've ever yep. seen the show Dark.
0: No. But it's should, a, yeah. It's a
1: German-made... Show and it's in I'm German and it's but I
0: it's a very how good show. I to sell drugs online, class. oh no, it was how to sell drugs online, something like that. Mm-hmm. Is that good? Finished. I see that always pop up. Very good. I was okay. very impressed. Okay. Yeah, and it was German, so it was a way to learn for me. But, yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
2: nice. Yeah. In a in a seamless transition here. Yeah. Um, what tips would you give those in high school or college who are realizing okay. they need to act now to start pursuing their dream?
0: Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, developing IQ is a big thing. Mm. I think developing IQ is a huge thing. That if I'm speaking to the audience, maybe more in uh, more in players. Let's say, for example, that are without academy in academy football or in French they call formation like the League One youth and things like that. Um, I think IQ is like the biggest difference between Australia, Canada, America, and mm-hmm. uh and Europe. So mm-hmm. I think we can do that again with the resources with YouTube, with studying games, with speaking to players, um, IQ is something to develop and then also position specific training. So yeah. Like kind of knowing your position or knowing if you're an attacking player, defense player, if you can minimize it, I mean, by 16, 17, 18, you should know. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just focusing like your training mostly based on, is this helping me become uh, the best possible person I can be for my position? Um, Yeah, I would say kind of those things. But then also, yeah, just kind of having a plan um, and then being willing to... I, I see so many players, they say, I want to go pro, I want to do this, I want to do that. And then you give them advice, they're like, no, that's not what it is. But then it, it's kind of contradictory because yeah, if, you, if you're coming for advice, then you have to be willing to accept also the advice because the reality yeah. is there is people that know more. And mm-hmm. we are football is not long enough of a sport or a career to make all the mistakes yourself. you have to learn from the mistakes of other individuals so that's where you put the pride aside you put the ego aside you become a sponge and yeah that's what I would say to those young players like find your mentor find your people reach out speak learn um, I went through a period where I did not watch movies for like a year or two years I just watched games um, and I'm not saying that's the right thing to do I'm not condoning that but I am just saying like that's the level of sacrifice and dedication you need to have in this game and I'm where I am. So imagine the sacrifice and dedication Ronaldo had or,
3: mm, or yeah, those top
0: individuals, yeah. have, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying, you know, I'm just saying that as a level of, if I did all that and I'm here, imagine what more I have to do in order to reach there or what those guys did to reach there. And, and by the way, every I just want to mention that everything I, I respect you two as players is based on your CV. So I'm sure a lot of the things I say you guys can attest to as well.
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Just to piggyback off that and then some of the topics we reached to reach today. The mm-hmm. common theme about you, I think, is just your your willingness and need to learn mm-hmm. constantly. So mm-hmm. can you touch on how important that is to learn constantly and then also kind of challenge the status quo that you have?
0: Yeah. So this is something where I've had trouble on because I'm like my my biggest competitor and enemy. It's always like me against me. Mm. It's never an external source being better than me. It's like me being better than myself or me being in, in conflict, you know? And to, to get into your question, I think that, uh, yeah, you... How do I say? You have to... You have to be willing to learn. You have to be willing to always grow and always want to gain new information. But you also got to back yourself at times and say I know and I've done everything I need to do to be in the position I am and now it's time to get into that slow state right so I sometimes I say I'm my own enemy because I went through phases where I was just wanting to learn and grow and now nah, that's bad that's bad I've got to critique I've got to eat better I've got to have seven percent of body fat not eight and just always wanting to improve and improve but then you get in the perfection perfectionist mindset and I don't think that's the best thing as well um, it was always like, I have to listen podcasts. I was listening to Joe Rogan all day. Listening to Quentin Tarantino and listening to this athlete and that athlete and always wanting to learn, 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 learn and grow and grow and critique and then be better and better. And even though that's great, but at some point you have to give yourself credit for what mm. you have want and just go out there and do it. And mm. then along the way, be willing to critique yourself and 100%. be willing to allow others to critique
3: yeah. yourself.
0: It's not how I was, but it's also not I-don't-care mentality, but it is a fine balance of, mm. of the two. Because, you know, they have that quote, they say, dumb people are happy. Or, you've seen those, with all due yeah. respect, you have these players that are, I wouldn't say they're dumb, but, you know, they don't care about nutrition. and Sometimes they perform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? You guys are, Yeah, sure you yeah of course. British ignorance is bliss. And, yeah, ignorance is bliss, exactly. So yeah. it's like finding a balance of being dumb when you need to be dumb and also being smart when you need to be smart right um that's what that's how it
1: ends yeah yeah Yeah, i can definitely attest to that and i see it even at this level i mean i think i personally think that it does hold players back when they show basically a lack of effort but it does um it's their personality and the way they play is that and they do well so you can't you can't really knock it um yeah, is, you know, i have like a different opinion about earlier yeah. but i can't knock it because they're performing so exactly. and ultimately that's the the most important thing
3: Absolutely.
1: um now i want to play or we want to play we've done it for the past few episodes uh the name is still in the works but it's just a fast feet round it's like you like high performance no, quick fire yeah. round
0: yeah
1: uh we're the, trying the to quick
0: footwork yeah the quick speed footwork the, okay speed ladder, we can call it yeah no, the speed,
1: ooh, ladder. The speed, the speed ladder. ladder the speed ladder is, i like <laughs> it could, that could be it.
0: I'm going to trademark that tomorrow. Beat um to it. two, for two euros. <laughs> so um,
1: the, the first question, favorite player growing up?
0: Um, yeah, it has to be the R9, the phenomenal Ronaldo. The
1: phenomena, yeah.
2: He gets he, much elegance
0: I mean, on the this, ball. Yeah. This
2: generation doesn't know.
0: Uh, yeah, I used to love like CR7 as well, the dribbler. Like, I used to watch all his YouTube videos, but yeah, I mean, the, that Ronaldo was like, He's a poacher now.
2: Like a, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. As he's. I mean, you're, yeah. You're not so he gonna see
0: him. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Whole different player. Yeah. Mm.
2: Favorite moment thus far in your career?
0: To be honest, I don't have one specific thing, but I think every time I've scored a goal anywhere, I just have feeling after that moment. Mm. Yeah, that that mm-hmm. split second where all the eyes are on you. You've helped your team, and everything you've done that week or that everything has just relieved in that it's a very short second yeah it's
1: a classic striker's mindset i yeah, love that love it's it. a, such a
2: football <laughs> it's such a forward answer <laughs> love shout out
1: shout out to jake keegan his he's also a striker and his favorite i don't know jake
0: keegan but shout out to jake keegan his, fa- his favorite <laughs> goals that's <laughs> tapping. yeah anyway, yeah same the goal principle the goal. whether it hits your knee or hits your nose and it I doesn't can, matter <laughs>
1: And what about most difficult moment?
0: Uh, sorry, could you repeat that?
1: The most difficult moment in your career? Yeah,
0: most difficult would have to be, uh, yeah, maybe that moment where I got rejected, that night where I got rejected, that night to the morning. Um, and then also there was an, there was a week at Seattle where I had done everything. I was the best player in my eyes. And then the, he called the roster who's going to travel the next day. And uh, he didn't say my name. And I like I thought about it all night, all night, and then I approached him the next day of training, and I said, "Why not?" And he said, Hussein, you're still young. You have time. I'm just just put in the work." But before that, before learning like patience, I hadn't learned about it before. But that night before it was so difficult. Like I was mm. great. Why didn't I go? Because mm. I used to think football is if you're good, you go. Mm. So yeah, that that nice. But again, it was a learning process. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. So if you weren't a footballer, what would you be?
0: Football
2: agent for sure. Okay, just so still right there.
0: <laughs> football <laughs> agent. Um, I also wanted to be a brain surgeon back in okay. the day. Um, I don't know why or what it was, but yeah, maybe a football agent or real estate agent. Okay, maybe someone like that. Yeah.
2: Okay, I like it. Selling. Selling. Yeah. selling. Lots selling. of talking. Selling players, selling houses. Selling
0: that all out of honesty. I'm the good fan. Of course,
1: yeah.
0: of course. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, best advice you ever received.
0: Um Kelly, Kelly, you but he always just he used to tell me no fear. You you have all it takes. You have uh you have everything you need to succeed and to play at the highest level. Just go out there without fear and just do what you do. Mm. And it's very cliche, very simple, but it's something that yeah always always uh yeah stays in my head. Also, my missus always says uh no matter how many times you get knocked down, it's not important. It's how how many times you get back up. Mm. And like. Yeah, that always she's like that voice of reason when even though you you know the the most confident the most optimistic person can have times where you're down and you think you're out but it's always like having that person tell you like no no no, you know you're never out and no matter how many times you go down as long as you come back up you've won and you've mm-hmm. added a new thing to the cv and to the career yeah 100
2: mm-hmm. yeah. percent. it's important to have those yeah support systems too absolutely mm-hmm. yeah so, best player you ever played against?
0: Um, I didn't play against this player in a game, but he was my teammate and I did not take the ball from him for a whole season. It was a Ryotori Megumi. He was my teammate at Singapore in
3: mm-hmm. Singapore.
0: Um, and then went on and did well in the Asian Champions League. Um, Japanese player. And for one year, I did not steal the ball from him once. <laughs> I don't... Like, he was there, but then he wasn't there. And... To be honest, even though he wasn't in the game, I have to pick him out because it's the only person that comes to mind. So yeah. it would
2: be the same answer for for, for best yeah. player you've ever played uh, with?
0: Unfortunately not. He's very good, but um, even though it's hypocritical or contradictory, the best player I played with was a player named Semi Um, Former, like, uh, signed with Birmingham, and he was in oh, the youth okay. ranks of the German national team. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the first, like, Former big names that I saw. Mm.
3: Um,
0: so yeah, he was he was the individual that I played with in Germany. And my okay. first stint in Germany, and yeah, mm. it was very impressive. Yeah.
1: What about your favorite book?
0: Um, Open by Andre Agassi. Mm. Uh, and why?
1: Really
0: don't you little, can you give us just a little?
1: Can you give
2: us a little reason?
0: So Andre Agassiz's his father was Iranian, um, mm. but then they migrated to. His father was a someone that fled Iran and migrated to the United States, and uh, he basically, like, forced him into tennis. Uh, He's, like, a former uh, famous professional tennis player, Um, and he just talks about, like, the reality of a high-level professional sports career, Um, and the difference with him, also, he was a rebellious, so he would, like, be that guy where, at the time, where tennis was, you had to wear, like, at Wimbledon, I think it is, you have to wear white, 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 Mm -hmm. and you have to be, like, this um, i don't know i don't want to be butchering to anyone that knows tennessee you have to be like very conduct yourself very in an orderly manner and he would like go with earrings and like blonde hair and like jean shorts and like all these crazy things these rebellious things um he just gets into the reality of his of how his mind was in certain times and things like that and that's his, his that. autobiography you yeah.
2: gonna have to look out for that yeah and any quotes
0: that you live by I have a quote of my own and, I, and, I, and I'm wanting to release it on, on the podcast. So this is a quote. This is
2: exclusive.
0: <laughs> I, I, I Googled it. It does not exist. Um, Hell yeah. You should trademark this right away. Uh, yeah, they really do to. It's uh, hard work makes you consistency keeps you and ego breaks you. Love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And that's just something that I've come to realize like, yeah, at the end of the day, no matter from where you are or or what level or whatever, at some point, some sort of hard work made you get there. Um, whether that's, you know, people always say smart work, but it's hard work to do smart work because it's very, mm. it's it's easy to 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 train 10 hours a day and just go out there, but it's hard to be smart and say, no, I'm going to only train an hour and a half, you know? So mm-hmm. that's my reason for the term hard work. Consistency, um, because that's what it's all about, as you guys know, you know? Um, and then ego, ego can be like the biggest,
2: the killer Yeah. Yeah. 100% love that. Um, so, you know, up into this talk, this, this point, we've talked about, you know, your entire history Mm -hmm. and although our futures are constantly changing, you know, our goals, our outlooks, Mm -hmm. our ambitions, uncertainties with Corona and, you Mm -hmm. know, we've kind of learned these paths. So, but for you, we want to know, what does the future look
3: like?
0: Yeah, for me, it's, um, Obviously, as you said, you can't plan the career to the T. But for me, I believe I still have a long way to go in terms of progression. Um, I believe I'm going to have uh, a later prime than mm-hmm. usual. Um, I still see myself, like, you know, as young, I still want learning, still growing. And, yeah, it's just about reaching the highest level possible. The aim is to get to a respected, you know, top five European nation, first or, or second league. Um, and then be in a position to maybe get a, a call up to to a camp for a national team. Um, yeah, that's that's what I'd say for for the goals and objectives. Um, and then yeah, short term is just performing, scoring, and uh, yeah, just continuously progress.
2: I love that big goals. Also, just keeping oh, it simple to you
3: know now that you. Yeah, have to at the
0: end of the day, you, you focus on the. To get to the big picture, you've got to focus on the the now. And then you can even take it a smaller notch to to do well in the now, you gotta focus each week. And to do well each week, you focus each day. focus each day, you focus each session. To focus each session, you focus each exercise. To focus each exercise, you have to focus each rep. So again,
2: break it down, very yeah. Small steps, mm-hmm.
0: go and eventually lead to that.
2: Basically. I love that breakdown.
1: Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing,
2: an amazing talk. We want to thank you so much for coming on. Um, amazing how this all came about and we're so happy it did because these are one of those conversations that, you know, we hope our fans get a lot out of, but um, Sean and I know we got a lot out of this one. Yeah. So we really want to thank you for coming on.
0: Uh, thank you guys, because um, it, honestly, it exceeded my expectations. I was hoping to have, you know, a back and forth conversation with individuals that also Play at a very good level. Understand the game. I've had a, yeah. As I said to you guys when I contact you guys, it's so important to to have important people on on all ends because it just raises the bar of the conversation. And mm-hmm. When you're around, when you're around good people and uh, knowledgeable people, it brings out the best in myself. So I want to thank you guys for the opportunity and uh, for having me on your podcast and giving me the the chance and your time. And it was an absolute pleasure. So thank you
1: yeah i appreciate it i mean first of the kind uh a quote trademarked on the podcast (laughs) first of the kind for listeners that have made this far to reach out to us to come on the podcast
3: thank you guys Um,
1: and honestly that last breakdown of of uh the performance training you got to focus on the exercise focus on the exercise you got to focus on each rep i mean that's just a brilliant way to to wrap up uh everything everything we spoke about yes thanks again
0: appreciate it guys thank you
1: now, we started Footwork to seek out individuals, tell our stories, but also to seek out individuals that make their own unique path um, and, and have conversations with like-minded individuals, um, which we've up until this point, I don't even know how many guests we've had on, but um, it's amazing to have conversations uh, mm-hmm. like this one. But honestly, uh, this one is uh, one of my favorites because it was the first one, first off, that the guests reached out to us. Um he found the podcast randomly um, listening to high performance podcasts, which is one of our favorites, and then went up searching us. And then you come into a conversation like this and someone we didn't know before, but he's traveled the world. He's only 26. He's been in six countries. Um, and we have, we think exactly the same. Like, I think that's, I think that's so cool. Mm-hmm. That like through his own way, his own path, much different to ours mm-hmm. he's come to the same conclusions on a lot mm-hmm. of different things and yeah. to be able to have conversations with people like him um it's so fulfilling like we always say like if no one gets anything out of this we do mm-hmm. and and i'm happy with that yeah and I, we will continue to do this because of that mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah i mean it's it's kind of crazy I, I know
2: we go over a lot of themes they they seem to come up i guess just with guests mm-hmm. who kind of have come to some of the same conclusions, some of the same aha moments where, you know, I can't live in comfort or, you know, I need to grow and I need to learn and I need to adapt. And, you know, some of the things he he's done to get to where he is is just, I mean, selling his car just for a trial is just is a next level thing. And I'm not encouraging anyone to do that. I don't think he is either. But it just kind of brings it puts into perspective about someone who wanted it. Someone who in his head and in his heart knew he would get to some place. Yeah. And, you know, that's number one. You need to believe that before anyone else believes that because you're the one who's going through all those things. You're the one who's going to have those high moments when you score a goal, but you're also going to have those ones who get rejected. And you need to be the one who can call on yourself to get through it and get onto the next one. And I think he said this off air and it was honestly one of my favorite things. So this is what he said was everyone tries to go up. So you can get to the same place by doing this, you know, everyone's competing this way, but you can go this way, you know, be yourself, be the best version of yourself. You don't have to be better than him. You have to be the best version of yourself. Let's go that way. I love that.
1: And for for the people just listening out there, because I don't think we will release the video just Take your hand and go up to the ceiling, right? And that's 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 the way, the path that everyone's making, mm-hmm. right? And it seems that society tries to push you in this straight up and down. Mm-hmm. But if you just go out a little to the right, just angle it, just put a little angle on it. You're, you're on right. your own. You've won. You just made you just made you're your own winning. path. You're winning. You made your own path. You're part of the club. Thank you for mm-hmm. joining. Join. Okay. <laughs> and and you've made your own path, and now you're mm-hmm. winning. And. Yeah, just a brilliant little analogy um, that it was off air. But yeah, I'm very. Uh, what a conversation! Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's one of those nights where you know get home from training a bit tired. How oh, should we just reschedule it? And I'm glad we didn't because I'm it awake was, uh, now. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> About to go run again, but you know, shouts out to saying What a a great conversation! I can't wait for people to hear this. Please get in touch with us. You know, like, share, send us your comments on the episode, some things that you liked. And um, yeah, we're growing, guys. It's been really great with some of the guests we're having. Um, continue to plug and pass the pod, please. Like and subscribe. All that helps. New content is out on Footwork every Friday, on TikTok every Friday, our Footwork Tactics sessions. And yeah, as we grow, we're growing this community. And, you know, the things that we say, the things that guests say, you know, we're just trying to make better versions of ourselves at the end of the day. So, you know, thank you for coming along with the, for the ride. And, you know, we look forward to the next one.
1: Absolutely. Footwork 2022. It's our year. It's, it's our year. All right. Let's send so, them off. So until next time. Keep moving forward. Keep learning. And make your own path. Just angle it a little just bit. Just angle it a just little, little
2: bit. bit. Just a
1: little. Just a little.
2: <laughs> Footwork is sponsored by ourselves. Also, Kong Fitness and Merchant Designs, baby follow us on instagram at footwork underscore
0: podcast twitter is at footwork podcast youtube and facebook just check out footwork podcast search it email us if you need anything any questions at footworkpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com and remember plug plug pass tell your parents amazon delivery guy
2: mailman i don't know who just tell them like subscribe review
3: all of it helps Danke.